0: Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help uncover all the awesome already within your own life. Laura of HollywoodHousewife.com is back in the co-host seat, but instead of broadcasting from Los Angeles, she's in the Big Apple for a big event. At the top of the show, we do get a little serious discussing the 20th anniversary of the Murrah Building bombing, a tragic day for our home state and for our nation. Next, Laura explains what she's up to in New York City, and later in the show, we take a listener question on what to do with all those Instagram pictures you know you have living on your phone. Finally, Laura spills the inside scoop on what it's like to have kids in school in L.A., All of that coming up on episode six of Sorta
1: Awesome.
0: Hey, Laura, how are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I am doing great. I have to tell you that New York City looks amazing on you. You look
1: fantastic. Thank you. I feel fantastic in New York City. You
0: should. You should. So for those of you who are listening, just so you know, our Hollywood housewife is not in L.A. right now. She is in New York City. So what has you on out on the East Coast this week?
1: I'm here because my husband, Jeff, has a film in the Tribeca Film Festival.
0: So amazing.
1: Yes. So we're here um, to promote, to premiere, to play a little bit because we tacked on a couple of extra days. Good. Good for you guys. That's what we're doing.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a few moments. Um, but first, we're just going to dive right into Awesome of the Week. So, Let's hear it. Here we go. I'm going to go a little bit first. Laura and I talked about this a little bit. Mine is actually really awesome, but it's also a little bit more somber than we would normally be talking about during this segment. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is it has actually been a pretty somber week here in Oklahoma. Um, this past Sunday, April 19th, uh, marked the 20th anniversary of the bombing of the Murrah Federal Building in downtown Oklahoma City. So um, I don't know how much national coverage, you know, I'm so out of the loop on news, if there was a lot of national coverage of the 20th anniversary. Um, But here in Oklahoma, I can tell you that obviously there was lots of news stories with um, survivors of the bombing, uh, people who were first responders, people who lost loved ones. Um, Former President Clinton came to town and gave a really moving speech. So it's been pretty heavy stuff. Um,
1: 20 years. I I cannot believe it.
0: I mean, it's been a week of a lot of reflection. I mean, it's one of those things where obviously you, in your mind, go back to how you as a human being experienced it at the time. Of course, you and I were both in high school.
1: Where were you? Do
0: you remember? Well, it's funny. So Sunday morning, I got a message on Facebook from my then, high school boyfriend that I was with <laughs> morning. Really? Of the bombing. Now, this is, <laughs> it's not really funny to be talking about. It's not really appropriate, maybe, to be laughing about this, but it is kind of a funny story because he and I had um, skipped school to go buy shoes for prom. <laughs> for prom. Now, to put this in context, this was 1995. Back in those glory days when you got ready for prom, you had to go get shoes and you had to get them dyed to match your dress. So he and I had skipped class together and had gone to this little boutique in our hometown.
1: I have never heard this story. I know.
0: As I was thinking about it, it occurred to me, I don't know what you were doing. Obviously, it was a school day. So anyway, I got this message from him and he was just like, hey, 20 years ago, we were skipping class or whatever. And I was just laughing because when I when my daughters ask me, of course, they have asked me, you know, where were you when you heard about the bombing? It's a very, you know, typical question to, to ask people about. I am always a little bit sheepish. I'm like, well, I mean, the truth is I was skipping class, which you should never do. <laughs> it's very wrong. It was a poor decision, and <laughs> so the correlations
1: like, here could go very awry.
0: Right, I spent like five minutes lecturing them on why they should never skip class. Anyway, that is where I was. We had gone, we'd skipped class to go buy prom shoes in the in the boutique that we went to. They had um, pulled out like this little TV, and it was starting. It was just starting to show the footage, and we were just completely stunned. It was very. I remember. I remember it feeling very surreal. Like I couldn't. Actually, believe that it was in Oklahoma City. The you know, as the footage, I'm sure you remember, as the footage first began to come in, it looked like it was in some kind of war torn country somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It,
0: we just couldn't understand, and so we w- we got back to school, obviously, and we actually had show choir a class you and I had together at the mm-hmm. time, and um, I just I remember I, like our teacher didn't it didn't even register that we had not been at school and. um I just remember the rest of the day, we just from class to class would watch the coverage. And for, you know, a couple of weeks afterwards, it was just all, everything in Oklahoma was so focused on the bombing and um, the stories that were coming out of it. So do you remember specifically like where you were like at, you know? Yes, I I remember every detail.
1: I was in a music class and the chairs had been taken away. And so um, there were no chairs in the room. They were just the risers. We mm-hmm. were. It was April, obviously, and we were preparing for a spring concert or a spring competition or something. And so um, we stand for those. So I remember that there were no chairs in the room and we were all sitting on the floor mm. and my backpack at my feet. And um, my teacher, Mrs. Riggle, she got a phone call or got called out of the room, you yeah. know, yeah. for somebody to tell her. And right. She came back in the room crying, Yes, which was shocking. She was not yes. a teacher who cried. Um, right. And so we were, I just remember we were all very silent at, w- without knowing what happened. And then she turned on the TV. We had all had TVs in our room and, you know, in the classrooms. And she turned on the TV and it was just, everyone was very silent. After some clarifying questions of, wait, this is in Oklahoma City or, you know, then everybody was very quiet. And then um, I was a sophomore in high school and they started making announcements over the PA. If you remember, school was dismissed and they bust the seniors (sighs) to give blood. You had to be 18 to give blood. Yeah. And they needed a blood bank immediately. And um, so they, you know, started making announcements on the PA. Like if you're, senior or an 18 year old, then um, there will be buses that will, you know, and I wasn't either of those things. And so I couldn't give blood and your parents had to come get you or you had to get home. I mean, it was, it was confusing. You know, the teachers were lining up to give blood or getting on the buses to give blood. And it was, I just, it was very shocking. I mean, it was stunning. Like I didn't cry at the time. Mm. I didn't, you know, it was very much just like it was, it was so completely surreal. I mean, it was very shocking. Very shocking. Very mm-hmm. shocking. And we yes. had, um, classmates, a guy who was a year older than me and a year younger than you, um, had a dad who had, was been in the building. He was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like immediately those rumors start oh, yes. coming yeah. through. Um, yeah. you know, my parents had, uh, friend who was in the bed you know immediately you just start hearing like yes so and so is there so and so is there Mm -hmm. excuse me so it was very shocking yeah Yeah. well and
0: so there's been just a lot of that a lot of people retelling their own story of their experience with that this week so to get to my awesome of the week though this is this is a, a brighter note that has come out of that i suppose and that is that this coming sunday is the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon, which is this incredible, um, incredible race event that has that was started actually in two thousand one. It started with like five thousand runners for the very first one. Now over twenty five thousand wow. walkers. I know, right? Over twenty-five thousand walkers and runners and their families and their supporters come to town. It's turned into a whole weekend. Um, on Sunday, they'll have a full marathon. They'll have a half marathon. They'll have a relay. There's a five k, and they have a kids run. So it has turned wow. into this incredible, incredible event every spring. Um, it benefits the Oklahoma City
1: National Memorial Museum. Which have you have you been to the museum downtown? I have. You know, I have to tell you, I've been to museums and memorials and things mm-hmm. all over the world. Um, and it is, and not because of my personal bias, it is truly it is the most yeah. stunning, well-done, moving memorial I have ever seen. It absolutely is. It absolutely I tell everyone, is. I mean, I tell anyone who's going to Oklahoma City for the first time or, you know, whatever, that they need to stop and see it, daytime or nighttime. They're Mm. sort of different experiences. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Both are really, truly moving.
0: Truly moving. It's so powerful. They have done such a fantastic job. It is, it's really stunning what they, what they have put together for the, for the memorial. So every spring there's this marathon, every bit of the benefits, uh, every bit of the proceeds from the race go to benefit the museum. So the race itself, Runs about, part of the race comes down class and about two blocks from our house. And every year, The girls and I go out and cheer on the runners for a few hours every Sunday morning, and we get so into it. Um, All of our neighbors do, our our entire block. We go down, we walk down to where the race is, stand there and just cheer things on like, you're looking good, you're doing it. That's one of the ones that we really like to, you're really doing it. So we live, where we are is about mile 22, so... Uh, you know, out of a twenty-six mile race, by the time the runners hit mile twenty-two, you know, you need a little boost. It feels good to have somebody cheer you on wherever you are in the race. But yeah, so we we are just cheering. That them is on. so nice. We love it, and you can tell the re- runners are really feeling it by that point. Um, but it's so inspiring. So we get we get signs out there. I mean, it's we just completely get into it the whole city really does get into the marathon but just to be able to live so close to the to the um, race route and and go down there is amazing um, one thing that always gets me so choked up um, every year there are firefighters who will walk the half in complete full firefighter gear to oh, honor wow. the first responders so oh my gosh i'm gonna start crying right now just thinking mm. about it it's so powerful and so moving to see them out there in their gear. Um, God, is there, it's an amazing event. So we just, we get out there and cheer them on. I cannot wait. That is why it's my awesome of the week. I'm so looking forward to it. And this year, it's even more special for us, those of us on my block, because our neighbor, my across the street neighbor, who is a wonderful friend and also a twin mom, is running the half And so we are so excited and so proud of her. The race itself starts at 6.30. So I was talking to her um, last weekend, and she figured that she'd probably be coming down class uh, by our neighborhood around um, 7.45 in the morning. So we are going to get up early. We're going to go out there and be ready to cheer her on. Um, So just watching a a fellow twin mom, her twins are a little bit older than ours, just watching her get into shape for this and to get ready to run this whole long race has been so exciting. So inspiring. So I am so excited. That's very fun. That's very fun. Yes. So that's my Awesome of the Week. But let's
1: switch gears
0: completely and move mentally to New York City so you can tell us a little bit more about Tribeca.
1: You know what? In my my mind, I was thinking that my Awesome of the Week, which is the Tribeca Film Festival, it was so completely different tone to what yours was going to be. But honestly, the... Tribeca Film Festival was um, created in response to 9-11. That's so it's actually right. not that different. That's right. Um, in a certain sense, it was created in 2002, the spring after. I think that there, you know, I've, I did a little bit of research and saw that there was some rumblings that, that possibly they were going to do something like this before the attacks. But afterwards, for sure, just to build up the economy, just to bring build up the morale— and also, um, I think they wanted to make New York uh, an established place for filmmakers because there's, I mean, obviously there's always been a lot of artists and even a lot of filmmakers in New York. But, you know, all, mostly Los Angeles is known as the, the place for movie makers. So, so this kind of filled that. So for those of us who are not familiar
0: exactly with the sort of geography of Manhattan, Tribeca is in lower Manhattan. Is that right?
1: I mean, I am not the one to ask. Oh no! Now neither of us. No, I feel like. <laughs> no, it must be. It must be because I just walked to Soho today. So, okay.
0: Um, I feel like it I is. read that somewhere that um, that Robert De Niro and his two partners that he started this the film festival with wanted to put it specifically in that area that was maybe the most deeply impacted.
1: Yes, um, it, in I, a physical uh,
0: way I, by nine eleven.
1: Yes, and I think the economy down here was struggling after. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's was founded by Robert De Niro, like you said, and his partners Jane Rosenthal and Craig Hatkoff. Mm-hmm. And um, it's become a really a really big festival. I mean, I read online that millions of people um, oh. are able to come or watch online. They provide uh, an online component where you can watch the films. Um, and, you know, it's... You know, thousands and thousands of people here and And then I read annually hundreds of millions of dollars for the economy down here, oh my gosh. That's so incredible. yeah, that's huge. that is huge. Yes.
0: So what film is has brought you and Jeff specifically um or took you out to Tribeca this
1: year? So he this is our third time at trebe at Tribeca oh,
0: okay i didn't I guess I didn't realize that.
1: I had actually written online that this was our second time, and he corrected me. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Um, This is our third time at Tribeca. Uh, He directed a film this year called Angry Sky. He made it for ESPN. It's one of the 30 for 30 series. I don't know if you've seen any of those 30 for 30s.
0: I haven't, but I've seen the publicity on it. It it looks really cool.
1: It's a series that ESPN does um, of sports documentaries, all different kinds of sports, all different subjects. Sometimes it might be a whole team. Sometimes it might be an individual. um, Sometimes it might be an aspect of a sport or, you know, whatever. Um, Jeff's first ESPN 30 for 30 was in the very first round of this series. The first year that ESPN did it, they asked him to direct a film and we also put it in Tribeca. So that was one of the times we'd been here and it was on Oklahoma native Matt Hoffman.
0: Yes. And what was the name of it?
1: It was called The Birth of Big Air.
0: The Birth of Big Air. That's right. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: and it was sort of about how Matt Hoffman basically created this sport that now has become so famous in the X yes. Games and whatnot. Gosh, it's so and amazing. I helped, yeah. um And I helped Jeff produce that one a little bit. I was huge pregnant, and um, get, which is, seems very funny now. But yeah. this film this year is um, called Angry Sky, and it's about a guy named Nick Pantanita and he in the 60s was the first person to jump out of an air balloon to jump out from space and oh wow parachute down what and he was a civilian so um That's in the crazy. military i did it's not really know crazy. i can't even
0: process that that is a thing that you can humanly do well um
1: That's it, it was really big news a few years ago when felix bump did it okay if anyone's familiar with that story he did it but and it was one of those things that they air on live tv he did it like live and he jumped out of like a red bull oh, capsule right right
0: right right, right. okay
1: um you know he had all this and this was a huge feat so i'm not you know this was a, a huge feat that um felix Baumgartner did but he also had a lot of help and it was corporate sponsored and he had sure. all the technology right this guy that jeff stock is on um was just a truck driver. He's like a civilian who just got the government to give him a spacesuit, suit, um, raised the money so that he could buy a balloon. You have to have this big balloon that floats you up. I mean, it's really an interesting story.
0: Yeah, it sounds incredible. Incredibly fascinating.
1: Just about like the tenacity it takes to put together this kind of project, how brave it is to then actually do it. Oh my um, goodness, yes. This guy was a big personality. They have some footage of him and he was just really, you know, kind of a crazy guy. And it's a really good doc. It's uh, interesting on a subject that I would have thought, huh, I don't know that I want to watch a doc on that <laughs> subject. <laughs> But I, but I was riveted. Truly, it was really, yeah. it's really, really well done. And um, it'll air on ESPN June eighth, if I may plug that. Please do but- plug it
0: because it sounds amazing. And Jeff is a fantastic storyteller. I mean, I talk about this all the time. He's a fantastic storyteller. So I'm sure that if anybody could take this, really like completely crazy idea and turn it into an uh, like you said a riveting documentary I'm, I'm sure he did a fantastic job with it so
1: he did a great job this is our second film festival for the year which is kind of um nuts because the work he does isn't usually a uh, film festival type of right yeah <laughs> type of movies yeah but he's <laughs> he happened to do two documentaries last year and so then we both Because I don't know if you know this or if people know this, but um, film festivals have, they'll have some sort of flagship movies that might have famous people or well-known directors or, you know, they're already established films. Those kind of draw people in to get people to the festival. But the majority of film festival films are independent filmmakers who are looking for funding or looking for distribution.
0: Interesting. I did not know that.
1: They're trying to get attention on their film. Okay. That's why you would enter your film in a, in a uh, film festival is because you're trying to get, b- because all the film festival entries are judged by, um, you know, w- well known people in the industry. Who and then if if it does really well with an audience, for example, mm-hmm. audience votes at audience favorite of the festival or. If it's just obviously really well done, it wouldn't have gotten any attention otherwise. And and then a company might pick it up to then put it in theaters, or might pick it up to air it on HBO, or you know whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. why people enter film festivals. Okay, um, so it makes sense then that you
0: don't go maybe to a ton of them, uh, just because Jeff's more established
1: in the industry. And... Right, but if he did, if he were to you know self fund a movie or something, um, he would definitely put it in a film okay. festival. It's a great way to get um, attention or eyeballs on your film. Um, yeah. even though the internet has changed that quite a bit, if you're looking to, sometimes people will enter, um, film festivals and they're looking for funding to kind of finish it out, to maybe add graphics or to add, um, and then there are producers who go to films Mm -hmm. looking for this, like I can partner with you and we can, you know, fluff up this film and make it even better and then try right. to sell it. You know, so there's lots of reasons. It's, uh, film festivals are, are fun for the moviegoer, but they're a hustle for the filmmakers. And uh, for the- yeah,
0: that makes sense. So you're at Tribeca. You went to Sundance earlier this year, right?
1: We went to Sundance for the first time. Um, in, yeah, in February, late January, February, for a film he did called uh, Being Evil, And he he produced that one. So that is, he had a little bit of a different role there. But we had never been to Sundance. It was um, so fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was beyond words. It's beyond description. How fun. I I just had to (laughs) pause and think, how do I even describe (laughs) Because at Tribeca, um, New York is still bustling about. Yeah, yeah. Right. Still New York, no matter what else is happening. Yes. But the, but Sundance, thousands, tens of thousands of people descend upon this little tiny um, town, and it becomes, and it's all about Sundance, you know, so. Right, um, yeah. Different experiences, but both very fun. So, um, Jeff's thing will screen and premiere on Wednesday night here, and then um, he'll do some press for it, and what not but it's mostly just fun actually his there'll be a big event for it for his movie at the X Games which ESPN puts on and yes. it'll be in Austin this year and they're doing a big hoopla around the movie there because it's yeah. it will then air oh so fun so, yeah, it's so fun. fun yeah do you have any other festivals
0: um on the calendar for this year or do you just um no really. we don't
1: we'll do the we'll do the X Games for this film again. And that will actually be a bigger deal for his movie than than Tribeca is, just as far as um, press and stuff like that. And then that he's going to be making another movie later in the year. This is going to be our last sort of promotional weekend, I think. Gotcha. That makes sense. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for giving us the rundown on what you guys are doing in
1: New York. And it sounds like you're having... I am simply so being a Hollywood wife in New York <laughs> because I tag along on these things only for the parties and fun. He's, fun. He works and I do not. That, yeah, there you go. There you go. On these weekends. Yes. Fun.
0: Okay. Well, I think that covers our awesome items of the week. So let's move on to our Q&A segment. I'm ready. Okay, because as a matter of fact, we have two that are very specifically for you. The great thing, you guys who are listening, you have been amazing with sending in questions. I have actually been quite overwhelmed. I'm trying to organize everybody's questions and figure out which co-host would be best to talk about some of these things um, I'm so happy people
1: are asking questions. I thought I what 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 are they gonna ask? Will anybody want to ask oh, any questions? Girl. But
0: they have. Yes, they have asked some amazing questions. I like I, I just keep saying this, but I'm overwhelmed. There's so many great questions. But if you have a question, you can still you can always do this. You can go to the Tumblr, which is sorta awesome and click on the ask us link and submit your question, or you can find any of us on Twitter and ask us a question. But anyway, we have two questions that are specifically for Laura, the Hollywood housewife, today. The first one is from a listener who wanted her to talk a little bit, who wanted Laura to talk a little bit about Instagram. Laura has a really fascinating, um, highly, highly enjoyable Instagram account, Hollywood H Wife is who she is on Instagram. And so this listener wanted to know, since you are so actively involved on Instagram, what do you do with your actual Instagram pictures? I mean, they're wonderful to share with people, but what do you do? Do you print them? Do you just kind of keep them on your phone? Do you just keep them on your computer? What are some of the things that you've done
1: with your uh, your Instagram material? Um, oh, thank you for those kind words about my account. I love Instagram. You're
0: fantastic at it, and it shows that you love it because you're kind of you. brilliant, so...
1: I think it's so fun. And I think that one of the reasons that it's so enjoyable is that it is low pressure. Like I feel like I can just post when I want to post when I don't feel any kind of. um, There's no scheduling. There's no schedule. (laughs) There's no strategy for me. I know some people do. But um, as a blogger, I have put all these pressures on myself to do this, that and the other thing on my blog. I don't feel that way about Instagram. And it is so fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, like I said, it totally shows in your Instagram stream, because it's, it's highly enjoyable. I keep saying that, but it is. So thank so you So what do very you do much. then? You've got all of these amazing pictures of your family and you guys'
1: travels and all of that. What do you end up with, doing with them? I do lots of things. I have just just printed them just printed the squares which you can do lots of places i mean i know some people even do it at walgreens um my costco now will even do square prints or any you know snapfish any of the places online sure um so i have just printed them for frame worthy but my favorite thing to do with them currently is to make little books and i've done those on a couple of different sites The one that I'm sort of raving about now, and I wrote a whole post about it, is called Chatbooks. And Chatbooks just sends you a book every time you fill up 60 pages worth of pictures. It's automatic. Oh, wow. And it's only $6 each. That's insane. So So it's so affordable. And you don't have to think about it because they just send them to you. So let's be real though at $6 a book, what's the quality like? I think the quality is very good. It's not the highest quality. Um, I did a really great book with really high quality for a trip I took to Europe a year and a half ago um, with Artifact Uprising, oh, which right. is a different yeah. company. Yes. And that quality, that the paper is amazing. The colors were just what I wanted. It was a really high quality book. It was also expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the chat books are not were not are not bad quality at all. There the paper is thicker than I was imagining. Um, the binding is good. Like the pages aren't going to rip out. Right. Um, and and it does let you customize. So even though it's automatic, you can go into the app. you do it all on your phone. Um, it's an app. Mm-hmm. Chat Chatbook, books C H A T B O O K S. Okay. And you um, you can go in and like delete a picture if like you have a random picture that you don't want to make it into the book or you can customize the cover or whatever um so i'm really into that right now other things i've done with my instagram pictures is um there's a thing called postagram have you heard of this i have heard of it i've not used it but i've heard of it this is super cute i found out about this because someone sent one to me you can send a postcard like to someone with your instagram picture so I'm seeing some friends here in New York this week, for example. If we took a cute selfie together, then I could, through my phone, it's all through your phone, send them a postcard that says, like, had a great time with you, and it has the picture. How fun. Yes. Postage and everything is included. So you don't have to, you know, get a stamp. You don't do anything. It's automatic. That's a really cute way to to do something with your Instagrams. Minted, I know, does a really cute thing using your Instagram photos it looks like a collage but it's um it's one flat print you know it's not an actual right like 3d collage but um using your using your photographs and they you know it's in a shape of a heart or a shape of a star or whatever it is so I've done some of those things that I like better than just plain printing them right yes yeah
0: so you have something besides just a stack of Instagram prints now what are you going to do right yeah fun those are fantastic suggestions i will put links to all of those and you said you wrote a post about chat books right
1: i wrote a post about chat books and i also wrote a post about the artifact uprising okay. book that right. i made um and and show pictures of the quality because i think for uh, even you know a nicer project if you went on a trip or you have something really specific you want to document that if and you want something a little bit like nicer and heavier that's a great company
0: Right. Okay. Well, I will for sure put links to all of those suggestions into uh, the show notes for today's show. And so that brings us to our second question, which is also about you. So last week, you wrote a really, really fantastic post about podcasts. I mean, (laughs) super, super, uh, helpful for people who are still a little bit unfamiliar with both the medium of podcasts like why would i even want to listen what is it why would i want to listen and then specifically how do you listen to a podcast Um, so you had written this really incredible post and talked about this show and how people can listen to podcasts specifically. And then some of your readers, it was super well received with your readers. And some of them actually left questions for us to cover on the show in the comments of that post. So I had a great time reading through those and we will definitely pull from the comments from that post to, um, in fact, Laura and I even talked about, we might, might even do just a show just featuring some of the questions people have about her life in LA, because, um, it is a very fascinating topic. So we may do that in the future, but for today, I pulled out this one from one of your readers named Allie, and she just was kind of asking like, what's it like to have kids who are in school in Los Angeles, um, you know, especially, like, what's the dynamic like? Are there other celebrity kids at the school? What? How does the school handle that dynamic? Just everything that, you know, you would always kind of wonder, like, school is a big part of family life. And um, how, how did you and Jeff navigate that? And what does it look like kind of on a day-to-day basis? So I'm just going to toss all of that out there for you. <laughs> that's
1: kind of a big question
0: it's kind of a huge question we have some time left so just yeah take that and
1: run with it um we were just set on not having little hollywood kids sure and i mean we really we talked about that a lot i bet i mean we were real high and mighty about how we were not gonna have hollywood kids Because you're a perfect parent when you're pregnant, of you know. Course what I mean? you
0: are. When it's in theory, you do everything right.
1: Right. <laughs> so, um, what has happened is we have little Hollywood kids. It happens. It happens. <laughs> um, and the school thing—it's you know—it's hard to avoid in LA when when the part of the city we live in and most of the city um, is, is very industry based. And so, um, we wanted to send our kids to a school that, that was not the Hollywoodiest Hollywood (laughs) ever. I mean, we did, we did consider that is what I guess I'm trying to say. There are certain schools that have, you know, paparazzi that camp out outside the gates or Mm. that have, you know, bodyguards that belong to the children that wait mm. at the gate and whatnot. Uh, we are uninterested in that life. Mm, mm-hmm. um, those are really good schools. You know, sure, it's not of course. it's not a knock on the school. And we by complete happenstance, and by happenstance I mean we did not get into <laughs> the school we thought we wanted. And I've I've written about this stuff. Um, yes, you have. Um I'll send you a link to a post I wrote a few years ago about we did not get into multiple schools. We didn't get into because this is a whole thing in Los Angeles, and that's kind of a different subject than what this question was. But anyway, we ended up in a school that we are obsessed with and love. It's a Montessori school, and there are celebrity kids there. There are, you know – um, not necessarily celebrity kids, but, like, high-powered agents' kids or whatever. You know, there's industry right. kids there is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, and my daughter's only five, and and my son's three, and it's Montessori, so they're in the same class at the same school. And they just have no... So far, it just hasn't phased them. Mm-hmm. So... I might get excited about seeing, like, you know, at parent night I spotted, this is kind of funny, at parent night I spotted a guy who is on a soap opera that I watched when I was like a teenager. Oh
0: my gosh, that's so funny.
1: And he looks like a soap star. He's like very tall and handsome and soap star looking. Right. And I haven't watched that soap in 10 years, but I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, so I, would, and his child isn't even in our, in our class or whatever, but you know, I saw him and I was like kind of giggly over that right my kids so far have had no thing like if um this has actually happened if i if we see on the tv little bobby's mom and i say you know there's look that's little bobby's mom they don't yeah it no thing okay no thing to them um so i guess what i'm saying is i would i get more Starstruck by some of the people that are there than my kids do. It's, oh, I'm sure. They're yeah, ju- yeah, they're just growing up in a totally yes, different way. Totally. Um, I will say about my school, and and we didn't choose this exactly on purpose. On per- purpose, but it has worked for us. It's not an A list celebrity type school. There's not, mm-hmm. like I said, there's not like paparazzi. There's not guards right. at the gate. Yeah. The people at our school are very similar to our family, so it works. They're they're working people. They're right. um, yeah. professionals, and you know they're working people. Not that not that a list celebrities are not working people. Of course no. they are too. But I mean, it's it. Their family dynamic is very similar to our family dynamic, mm-hmm. and so even though we sort of stumbled into this school to meet other families like that, which we did not know. <laughs> You know previously right. has been um great for us do you think that the fact
0: that it is a Montessori school like I think a certain kind of family is drawn to Montessori method and philosophy I mean do you think that that affects the dynamic um even in in terms of like whether or not you are a celebrity or well-known in in the industry um do you think that it, it maybe at least it just affects how the school handles the celebrity aspect?
1: Um I don't know if that's how the school handles well okay. Yes is the quick answer. Okay. I think that <laughs> um our school is very low key. Mm-hmm. So like if they were I cannot see them like if if a super celebrity person and there are some definitely known um parents at this school if they were to like ask the school to provide security or something like I the school would be like no I mean definitely the way they are is Mm -hmm. the way they are and they are not catering to the celebrities anyway which is not true in a lot of cases in a lot of cases different schools or institutions might um, I don't know this from firsthand experience but I can see would possibly cater to a celebrities thing. Right. Montessori, as particularly our Montessori, is uninterested in that. Right. Because I mean the
0: thing about Montessori, um, and I we don't have kids that go to school there, but I've done a lot of reading and research on it and like they are very confident that um that their approach is Is going to be you know a really help create a really healthy dynamic in the classroom and can be translated into family life and those types of things so I can definitely see how then a school would like you said just like we're going to do our thing this is the way our school operates and if we're not a good match for what your family needs in terms of like you said these other things like security or whatever then we're not the right school for you
1: um, and what has been good for us, which I think this is true, no matter what school you go to, is that if you're really happy there at the school and you're happy with that philosophy and you're happy with um, those type of teachers and and everything, then you're going to meet other like-minded families. Yes. So for us, we have found parent friends there who parent in the same way we do, in a, you know, in a very similar way mm-hmm. that we do. And- a lot of them also happen to work in the entertainment industry, but that part is because we live in Los Angeles, right? Yes. You know, like if I lived in Oklahoma City and went to a private school and met other like-minded parents, they might work in oil and gas because that's the industry there. That's right. right? You know, yes, I mean, exactly. So it works for us because we meet other parents who are in a similar industry, who parent in a similar way. But I think that that's like a little bit universal from what I can tell.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. That is so true, especially when you're talking about more, um, I don't want to say niche focused schools, but you know, where there's a school that has a specific draw to it. Um, I definitely think that's true. So that totally makes sense. Um Did, did that answer her question? Yeah, really, I really do think it because you're really, she was wondering what it's like to have kids in school there and, and how that dynamic, especially if the celebrity thing comes into play but yeah i think you totally answered that
1: and i just think that my kids are growing up with a really different um concept of celebrity than what i would have had oh yeah yeah they see people that they know on tv um i guess they they don't think being on tv is is a special deal (laughs) right right
0: yeah i mean that makes sense it really does it really. Does. I don't
1: know if that's going to turn out to be good or bad. You know, if that, I don't know. Like, I, I still don't know. They're still too little. Even though, even if I use my words to describe to them that this is a really big deal, you know, they maybe don't see it that way. I, I don't know. We're going to have to see how this plays out. Stay yeah. tuned. I
0: mean, they're little still, so who knows? But I think it's a, an extremely healthy start on the whole on the on the culture. That's just the reality of where you live, and so. That is really interesting. Thank you for giving us that little bit of insight. Um, And I do want you to find, I do remember you writing about the whole process of finding a school and how you landed at the one that you guys are at now that has turned out to be a perfect match
1: for your family. So it has, I mean, we could do, we could honestly do a whole show on Hollywood schools and and the racket that we're now worried about, we're going to have to start all over. Because it starts in preschool. It, does, it starts. Sure. Yes. And now we have to redo it again for elementary school. Yeah. And and as I'm starting to have these conversations and I just am like, ugh, I do not want to do, this is not what I understand. Well, no,
0: that's what I was just going to say. Where you and I grew up, like you went to school, like if, if there was more than one elementary school, you just went to school with your neighborhood friends that you lived close by. And then we all went to junior high or middle school together. And we went to high school together. And that was it. There was no choice, you know. Which is
1: which is lovely. No choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes no choice is the best choice. <laughs> no, re- really. I mean, you, you know, it's a luxury to have the choice. Okay, so like theoretically, it's a luxury to have the choice. Sure. You yeah. know, that you can choose a different school's philosophy. You know, if you... But that's not how it is because the schools in Los Angeles—they're not looking to me. A school should just look, um, you know, if the parents can pay the tuition, and I mean, that's it, right? What else matters, right? right. To the to me, yeah, uh, that's that's not true. <laughs> a- apparently, other things matter. That is to only them, you one know,
0: slice of the pie when you're getting which, into schools. Yeah,
1: which is like a little bit abhorrent, right? That they want to see if you're a quote-unquote good fit. Well, what does that mean? I mean, you're a good fit to learn? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? Like, it right. feels like, to me, it feels like when, this, when a school asks to see a photo of the whole family, not just the child, what are they looking for there? I know, I know. I just, I'm so suspicious of these tactics of good fit or right. not. Like, I don't even know what that means. If yeah. you're a school, if you're a private school- so therefore, you're a business. To me, the only thing that should matter to you is that you know they pay on time or whatever to keep your doors open. Yeah. Other than that, what are they trying to to accomplish? By, I don't know, know that I could. I don't know. I, maybe I really. Maybe opinionated somebody on somebody
0: I can tell you're getting a little fired up. Uh, maybe somebody out there in listening land has the inside scoop. Maybe they are in private school administration and can tell us here's the secret that you girls did not know when you were talking
1: about this.
0: It I mean, it does. I don't
1: think that they would say it. I think no, it's one I of know. those things that like people don't say out of loud. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, there's I'm definitely- against, I'm against that, I'm against yeah. that. But but everyone I talk to in Los Angeles, every other parent I talk to is also against it. And yet we all have to play the game. You all
0: have to play the game or else what are you? what choices do you have? Not many, so- Okay. Well, before you get too fired up, because I know you have. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can. (laughs) I know you have a big day ahead of you and an even bigger day tomorrow. So we are going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up so you can get back to enjoying yourself in New York City while you're there.
1: Um, Thank you. I am loving doing a podcast with you, Megan. Oh my
0: gosh. It's, it's really, it's a, it's like a ridiculous amount of fun. It really so is. Fun. Why did we wait so long to get this off the ground? I don't know.
1: I don't know, but better late than never, I say.
0: That is true. Just really quickly before I let you go, can you give us a, a little reminder of where we can find
1: you around the web? Uh, my website is hollywoodhousewife.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Hollywood H Wife and i am on facebook as the hollywood housewife.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. I really do hope you guys have a great time. You have you really have been needing to kind of get away. Yes. Get get a change of scenery and so i hope you guys have a great time. I hope the screening goes well and i know it will. I'm sure it will be fantastically well received. So, anyway, y'all Thank have you. a great time and we will talk again very soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sorta Awesome. Just as a reminder, you can head on over to sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com for today's show notes, which include links from today's discussion. While you're there, click on the Ask Us link to submit your questions for us to answer in an upcoming episode. You can follow the Tumblr for updates on the show or sign up for the mailing list at tinyletter.com sortaawesome. To discuss today's episode, find me on Twitter at sortaawesomemeg, Or on Facebook at facebook.com/slash sorta crunchy. If you're enjoying the show, it would be so totally awesome if you took just a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our work in iTunes. We are having a blast making the show for you each week, and your reviews in iTunes help others find the show. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. You can find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords at PragerMusic.com. I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome.